Zombified. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. It's Sleeper Day on the podcast. I'm Bird. This is Jake. Jake is all wedded out. Jake is possibly still hungover. Jake, first of all, how are you? Second of all, you're still hungover. Third of all, we have a one quick question that we have to get to as well. So, return of a great second. First of all, how are you? As as usual, as usual, how are you? And doing well, man. Interesting uh, NBA playoffs, to say the least. I the Knicks. Um, sorry, a little bit of a belated sorry. Our, your buddy, your buddy Julius Randall will have to live this one down for all offseason. Maybe we'll be traded. I hope so. Maybe. I hope so. I mean, I've been saying this now for how long? And I think, and I just want, I want it to be very clear that when I was going through my apology tour with the New York Knicks, I didn't mention Julius Randle once. Because I knew that was still in him. I I, I knew it. I knew it was still in him. It was, it was bound to crash and burn with Julius Randle. It did. It did in, in, in rather spectacular fashion. However, Jalen Brunson. Oh and, and Tom God. Thibodeau, too, you know. The Knicks will be interesting next year. We'll see what what happens with these stars. But, yeah, and Julius Randle. And and they'll they'll have to figure out a way to get rid of Evan Fournier's eighteen million dollars as well. Attach a sec, attach a second round pick. That's probably the way that they do it. But they don't have a sec, they don't have a draft pick in the in this year's draft. I know. Well, leave it to the Knicks on the on the draft lottery to still somehow get screwed. It's amazing. It's amazing. It it really is. It's 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 something quite special. If you so, ask what me. happens with the Knicks? Do they get like a, another pick of Dallas's now? Yeah, or? yeah. It, it's it's like a twenty twenty six or seven. Pick it's like top. I want to say it's like top five protected or something like that. I mean, with the way it's going with Dallas, yeah, it, 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 exactly. It, so we not, we not, we not see that first round pick until like twenty thirty five at this rate. You you may not at this rate. Uh, it, it, hey, it, they can keep that pick if we could do a side and trade for Luca when the uh, when the time comes. I think I think Mark Cuban would rather jump on a rocket. I think Mark Cuban would rather jump in front of a steaming locomotive with spikes on the front of it yeah. than do a trade with the New York Knicks. Yes, I, I think that is extremely accurate. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, that is a bad. If you, anybody who watches Shark Tank here, great program. You, you know the kind of guy that Mark Cuban is. No yes. bullshit. No bullshit. You fuck him. He doesn't forget. Nope, never. So, and I also want—I also want to say before we move on to the one, one quick question, I just want to point out um, two other two other things that happened in the in the worldwide world sports this weekend. Um, number one, the Florida Panthers. Holy shit! Give yeah. them their give them their flowers, along with they Jimmy beat, Butler. <laughs> well, oh my god, Jimmy Butler! Oh, he's 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 so freaking good. That Florida is having a great time right now between. The Panthers and Sunrise and the Heat in Miami. Matty to Chuck, the Rat King. He's he, yeah. he he's insane. They go through they go through the greatest regular season team in NHL history, beat them in seven games. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, who won their Stanley Cup in round one, but whatever. And now they have the Carolina Hurricanes very much on the ropes 
up to nothing and oh they're going home to sunrise where they could win that series in in six games i think i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility yep and also with uh just going back to the nba lottery a little bit sure it did break my heart to see our good buddies over in portland oregon i I, i'm just like please victor come on home i dude we would have had to have done an emergency podcast if Victor Wembanyama went to, went to the what was going to the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, Portland, like, come but, on home, <laughs> I, dude. I was on. I, I was begging. I was begging. Like, oh my god, please. It's going to be interesting content. with Portland. Do they trade Dame Lillard? Do you think? Or, yes. Or you think they do? Yes. What do you think the price would be? Like maybe like three number ones and some young talent? Because I mean, look, he's, what he's like thirty four now, right? Yeah, I would say a package probably equivalent to five or six first round picks. So no, no, five I'm, or say, six? I'm, saying, I'm saying three first, three first round picks oh. and then players that could equate to, to first round picks. Yeah. And the Knicks is kind of a weird fit now, I guess maybe. If no, you no, I don't, I don't think the Knicks is, is the spot. The Nets maybe who knows. Spot. Nets is a very good spot. If they want to redo that backcourt, they have all, all the picks in the world there. Sixers. I, I, I kind of think the two guys that, that, that really makes sense. If they're the Knicks are going to go out of their way for anybody. It's and I don't want this. Like I'm just putting this out there. I just think this is the way that the Knicks could end up going. Is if they were to go potentially back to Chicago for Zach Levine, and then maybe Minnesota for Carl Anthony Towns. But yeah, as we've talked about on on Basement Talk podcast a thousand times, the Carl Anthony Towns Tom Thibodeau relationship is uh, not exactly all roses and dandelions. No, they 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 don't like it. And do you see how much Carl Anthony Towns makes in the last two years of the, of that contract? Oh, it's it's abhorrent. 60, the, yeah, the last year is a sixty million dollar cap hit. Uh, yeah, but I think a sixty million dollar cap hit on Carl Anthony Towns might be better than whatever money you're paying Mitchell Robinson. To be fair, <laughs> you you were always very objective on Mitchell Robinson. Uh, always, <laughs> always, that dude. Listen. I know they didn't win the series, but I was having recurring nightmares at the thought of an Easter Conference final where Mitchell Robinson would have had to go up against Joel Embiid. Oh, that would not have been fun. Uh, no, he couldn't. He could not handle Bam Adebayo, and Bam Adebayo no. is a very—he is in the upper echelon of fives in the NBA. Joel Embiid is number two, if not number one. Yes, and he just won the MVP. Like yes, whether whether you want to say that he deserved to win the MVP or not, that is up and, for debate. We could have that conversation for hours, but it is Nikola Jokic and it's Joel Embiid. Is they're Those saying Harden top two? It is not close. And now they're saying Harden's going back to Houston on a four year, two hundred million dollar contract. Well, did you see what uh, what uh, Jalen Green came out and said? No, what do you say? Um, he's not too thrilled about the idea. I would love Jalen Green if the net if the Nets one got him. Listen, you gotta you gotta put you gotta put town on that team. Man, but I mean, what's Doka's the point of going down there to just rot? Yeah, but what's my whole? But the, what's the deal though? Like, why why is paying James Harden four years two hundred million dollars even an option? He's thirty four. I, I there's no disagreement there, and he's never in good shape. I I just don't understand why. Now he'll put asses in seats, so ownership yes. could be saying, yes, you know. This could be very ownership driven, mm-hmm. but yeah, I it. It, 
if Jalen Green's not too happy, he'll have a market. Some some teams would want him. Uh, I know two in the New York metropolitan area that would be. Quite I would say the Knicks. The Knicks would be wise to to go get him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like yeah, yes, please. Would you trade them, Julius Randle? Yeah. <laughs> Is that even a question? Is that even a question? Listen, Jalen Green could come in and, and be the starting two. Would you trade them Mitchell Robinson? I would trade them just about every player in the New York Knicks right now that is not named Jalen Brunson or Josh Hart if he decides to opt in slash sign. Oh, he's he's going to get a big deal. deal. He's going to get a big deal, and he deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. Uh, He does, and and the Knicks kind of like left themselves. Now, the Knicks would have been smart to maybe like negotiate. Oh, they can't. It's a player option. I was going to say maybe they could have extended him, um, but they can't. So, oh, he's – and the Knicks have to bring him back. They cannot – Save face with their fan base if they don't bring Josh Hart back. See, this is where my objectivity comes in, and I'm not like any other Knicks fan. Yeah, exactly. It's just like you There's have a, a price. Number. There's a there price. There's a price. He he might get priced out of the Knicks. I, I think so. And, he might. And, and and you know what? Like, I love Josh Hart. He's always gonna have a very special place in my no pun intended heart. But there comes a price to everyone, and and I think we saw it. Josh Hart, for as good of a player as he is, he's not a guy that you're paying. Let's just say he's making Evan Fournier money. Let's just say that's the number. Four years, $72 million. Let's say that's what he gets, right? Is that a guy that's really taking the Knicks to where they want to go? He He's a very solid complimentary piece to a contending team. That, now, that's... if they didn't have Julius Randle's contract, then I would be much more interested. And you have to pay Emmanuel quickly too, right? At the end of the season. Yes, but I have some thoughts about that. And then there was RJ, who just is just like a freaking scribbly. It, it's it's a it, you never know what you're getting. Nope. First half RJ is always great too, and then once the fourth quarter comes, he shoots like one for nine. That's correct. Interesting. Yeah, he's he's quite interesting. Um, and then the second thing that I wanted to get to very quickly, um, congratulations to a good friend of this podcast, Mr. Brooks Kapka. Great guy. Love him tremendously. Yeah. Winning the PGA. I, I made a bold take on, on Sunday when I was watching when I was watching that when we were watching the golf. That dude's gotta be one of the kings of New York. Three out of his five majors, he's one in New York. Oak Hill PGA, Beth Page PGA, and then Shinnecock at the US Open. And what's so crazy is he won't even be at the rest of the PGA events because he's playing in the live. <laughs> he's only playing. He's he only gets to play at the at the majors. And if he gets if he gets to play at the Ryder Cup, he gets some sort of exemption where he could play at the he's Ryder not, Cup. No way. Ryder Cup is this year, and there was something. There was something that I saw, and I forget what it was exactly verbatim, but something about that they can't lose their full PGA membership until twenty twenty four, and the Ryder Cup is. In in late September, early October, maybe so. Kepka could play then technically, but I don't think PGA would allow it. Technically, yeah. And Zach Johnson's the captain, and he's and he already has said that he's uh, non-committal about whether or not he's going to be picking. He's uh, not going to take players from, from. I thought Hovland was going to win the PGA. Uh, listen, I, mean, I, I I was hoping Victor was going to keep it competitive, but I said it. I said it on Saturday when Brooks. When Brooks was out there shooting a 66 and the rest of the field was was struggling to shoot 70, I was like, yeah, this this, this guy's just – he's winning the entire thing. I think the weather also affected a lot as well. 
Oh, abs- absolutely. You, I mean, like I said, you guys Saturday that were there were six guys that were under par on the entire golf course on Saturday, and Brooks Kepka was one of them, and and that proved to be enough. And I mean, Brooks, oh my God, that dude is icy. And John Rahm just like got his ma- uh, got his Masters win. He's just like, all right. And a big shout out, someone that gained a lot of points in my book, Jordan Spieth, finally, for the love of God, dropping a nice hard F on national television. I loved it. And also some points in my book too, Roy McIlroy with the backwards at. I mean, they, okay. So do you know the science behind that? I don't, but I've never seen him wear a backwards hat before. So they were they were all doing it. And the science behind it is, so on the brim, I, I will I will demonstrate, I'm going to grab a hat. So when you wear your hat forward and it's raining, the brim of the hat gets all soggy. Yeah, yeah. And the water drips down. So the science behind it is you keep the hat on, keep your hair dry, but you wear it backwards. That way you could clearly still see the putt and you're not going to have you know in your backswing you're not going to have potentially a water droplet that's dripping off of the brim of your hat and potentially fucks up your line of sight where you could top the ball or you could push it or pull it or whatever it may be i'm a big backwards hat guy when i'm golfing i love it oh i'm a i'm i'm a traditionalist forward no, forward I hat like and forward. i always wear pants always even if it's like a zillion degrees even if it's outside. a zillion degrees i always wear pants no 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 way and and I have to give a very, very, very special shout out. This has been the longest introduction maybe on record. We still have one quick question to do. Michael Block. Holy shit. Made, that made my weekend. Made my weekend. For those of you that don't know or are living under a rock, a PGA club professional, guy who gives golf lessons for a living, PGA championship. They bring in all these club pros and they get to play in the event. Michael Block. Not only does he win the low professional award for being the highest scoring pro in the field, but is then for top 15, not only does he get to play in a, another professional event next week at the RBC Canadian Open, but then gets to play at the PGA Championship next year as an automatic invite at Valhalla Club in Louisville. So... Michael Block. Oh, and he had a hole in one in the final round while playing with Rory McIlroy, which not too bad either. Yeah, man. I I just saw an uh, an interesting update right here. Sure. The, the Raptors interviewed Steve Nash to be, to be the head coach. Is that like a is that is that a joke? I'm sorry. Yeah, they interviewed Steve Nash today to be their head coach. Uh, Jake, your thoughts on that, please. So you fire Nick Nurse to hire Steve Nash. That should almost be a a. I don't know how what it's like in in uh, Canada, but here in America that should be considered a felony. Listen, like, all I all I know is that there are certain drugs in Canada that are legal, that are not legal in the United States. That they have to be on one of them. Uh yeah, yeah. That's um. That's almost pun. That's almost punishable. That's 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 awful. Um, anyway, we're not going to do one quick question because that was a that was a one very long intro. So we're just going to get right into talking about our sleepers. So what we've done is we have basically looked at current ADP on NFC. We basically looked at players that are 70th, 80th, somewhere around there and beyond. And we have 
taking our favorite guys. We have one quarterback, one tight end, and we have two running backs, two receivers each that we are going to be going through very quickly. So, Jake, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first for the quarterback position? I mean, you kind of know mine. Do I? I mean, I mean I, if it is who I think it is, then yeah, I probably do. I mean, there's only <laughs> one option: Zach Wilson, right? Oh yeah, yeah, there's definitely Zach. <laughs> I mean, but Aaron Rodgers at 94 overall. I mean, come on. I wonder where I have him in my uh, my overalls. I did I did an update on my overalls today. I he should have... not be a fringe top 100 player. He should be a top eight, 80 to 80 to 85, I would say, in that range. I have Aaron Rodgers at 120. Damn, why so disrespectful? It's just the way that I have the quarterback shaped up. Like just in between in between 80 and 94. I, I do the same shit though, in all honesty. I I, I yeah. do this I just put more of an emphasis on the other positions in my drafts. Yeah, and that's it. There's just a clear there's a clear tier drop off when we go from Dak to Deshaun, who's the next who's next guy. There's a 14 spot difference between the two in my in my overall ranks. But I mean, that's no disrespect towards towards Aaron Rodgers. It just means he's going to be all the more affordable uh, for for me. I'm going to push. I'm yeah. going to try and push that ADP down as, as low as I possibly can for uh, for all the non New York people. Um, but yeah, listen, Aaron Rodgers, the hype around the New York Jets is real. Um, living in the New York metropolitan area, I am well aware of that. I am inundated with it every day of my life, and. It's going to have me out on a lot of the New York Jets. However, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be one of those guys that I think you can get. I love the idea of pairing an Aaron Rodgers with an Anthony Richardson, a um, a Bryce Young, one of those younger quarterbacks that if for some reason it doesn't work out, you have Aaron Rodgers as a backup plan who should be a, a guaranteed 15 to 20 points every single week at the least. When's the last time the last time we thought he couldn't play anymore? Only went on to win two MVPs with Nathaniel Hackett. Listen, I did my uh, I start I started my week one ranks today. I started them. I, I did a little bit of a look and I finished up the quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers for week number one was my QB twenty one. Really? Against Buffalo? Against Buffalo? Monday night debut with the Jets, really? Well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, I don't. I don't have Josh Allen in my top three. Listen, Week One Monday Night Football, new team, the world watching. You really don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a, a productive performance? He's going for two fifty and three. Okay, if he goes for, if he goes for two fifty two fifty and three, that's twenty two points. I think I think you know what I think he runs one and gives the Jets crowd a discount double check. Oh, okay, bold, bold, but I like it. I like it. He he's gonna. I I I think the Jets are gonna win that game. I I don't see how the Jets lose that game with the crowd. Nine eleven. Come on. Every everyone go follow uh, Jake on Twitter at Jake Simone for uh, yeah. the inevitable Jets meltdown if they lose. No, I have confidence. I have confidence. I think the Jets will beat them at MetLife, and the Bills will beat them at at uh, uh, whatever the hell they play on. Who cares? But uh, New um, Era yeah. Field, I think it's called. Yeah, whatever. Uh, that's what I think that place is called. Yeah. So Rogers and and Rogers is a historically very good Monday Night Football performer as well. Yes, he is. 
Yes, he has been, unfortunately. Well, thank God. I, I really should say, thank God he's not going to be playing uh, the Chicago Bears on, on, on Monday Night Football. That makes me feel very, And you know very, who he plays happy. week two? At Jerry World. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Especially if they if they do lose, like you think they will. I don't know. Yep. Yep. Well, thank and thank God we get we get the, the two New York teams out of the way. Right out of the gate. The Giants week one and then the Jets week two. Whoopee. Led by Aaron Rodgers of all people. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully the Bills just uh, just take care of him before he uh, he could come into Jerry World and shatter our hopes <laughs> and dreams. Uh, but go ahead, your your quarterback, sir. Can can like Aaron Rodgers just like stub his toe in the shower? Like nothing, nothing catastrophic, but like keep him out for the game, please. Uh, my quarterback, um, I'm going with a guy that was that has some health concerns coming into the year, uh, missed some significant time last year. His team stunk. But I really don't understand why he's only going at 152nd overall right now. And that's Matthew Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to give everyone a very clear and very simple formula. Sean McVay produces fantasy contributors. Stars, that is belonging to Cooper Cup. And then, of course, Jake and I's very, very, very good friend, Cam Akers. Great guy. Yes, Love great him. guy. But you're going to tell me that a... If healthy, which is the, the the big caveat to all of this, that a healthy Matthew Stafford, even if he plays 12 or 13 games, that in those 12 or 13 games, Matthew Stafford is not going to be at the least a top 15 quarterback. I don't believe you. Like he is in a very draftable range where you're getting him a for free. And B, there is significant return on investment with him. So I am all over Matthew Stafford at essentially a free price at the very end of drafts where he's got the offense, he's got Cooper Cup, he's got Cam Akers. I do want to see the Rams go out and potentially try and improve in their pass-catching areas. They obviously traded Allen Robinson. They didn't bring back Odell Beckham. Tyler Higby's still there. They have to find another guy outside of Cooper Cup. Could Van Jefferson be that guy? Maybe. We're going to find out. But he's free. And he's coached by Sean McVay. And even if the Rams are bad and he's healthy, that just means he's going to throw the ball more. So what's there to lose? And he's in a division where he's going up against the Seattle defense, who could be improved, but struggled against the pass last year at times. And against, in my opinion, the worst team in football coming into the season in the Arizona Cardinals. So that's four matchups right there. Yeah, and he always performs very well at SoFi Stadium, too. Yep. He's, he's very safe. Very Not really exciting. Not exciting um, at all. But he's safe. I, I, I like that shout there. Definitely could do a whole lot worse than Stafford. Um, I think he's a good guy to pair with the young guy, like you said. I was going to say Jordan Love, but I've said Jordan Love a thousand times this podcast. Did not need to say it again. And another one that I'm really look, looking at as well, but his ADP is kind of crazy right now. Anthony Richardson, I have him at 20th overall uh, in my QB ranks. He's going right now as ADP 102nd overall, Jake. Are you drafting Anthony Richardson at that price? No. No, I I, I just... I, I think the hype is going to be very, very... It's going to grow to a point where I'm out, and I think it's getting there. I have to try and find him in in my ranks and see... 
what the difference is. I have Anthony Richardson right now. You want to take a guess where I have Anthony Richardson? In my ranks, in accordance overall with the ADP? or QB wise, overall, overall, He's my QB I would probably, I would say probably like one sixty-five if I had to guess. Wow, you got another nose. Really, a hundred and sixty-fifth overall. Yeah, that's very I, impressive. I think at that price, I'm definitely more interested. We're we're talking, you know. A few rounds there in between 102. Like, we're mm-hmm. that's a significant at that price. You could just it, look if he stinks or you know, if he goes out there and he's unplayable, you could drop him and you, that's not like you know, a black eye, right? He's not, co- he's not costing you anything at that point. But a 10th round pick where just looking at the guys that are around him, Jared Goff is around him. Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. I would rather take any of those guys at that price over Anthony Richardson, who, for better or for worse, we just haven't really we haven't we haven't seen much of him, even in college. If you're drafting Anthony Richardson to be your primary starting fantasy quarterback, you're you're playing a very dangerous game. Agreed. Agreed. You need you need to pair him with somebody. And honestly, drafting him in the tenth round, I think, is just a, a very uh, dangerous game. Round nine in twelve team leagues, that is a that is an extremely extremely dangerous game to play. That I don't want any part of. No, I agree. I, I I'm not. I'm just not quite there yet. I think if he has a productive preseason, if he has like a good preseason game or two, forget it. Oh. His well, price just forget is, is, is going to just fly through the roof. Forget it. Like Remember when Trey Lance and Justin Fields had a few games where they were pretty good in the preseason and they just exploded their rookie yep. years? Yep. I was talking about Trey Lance all throughout the preseason last year. I, I, I love Trey Lance coming in. He had a few good games during the preseason, and his price just got to be too rich, and I didn't have Trey Lance. I had Trey Lance maybe in – one or two spots out of 19, but I wanted him a lot more than that, but the price just got to be too crazy. Yeah, not at that price. So let's go to the running backs, and I we, of course, have two. Have two each for the running back position. So uh, I'll start with the one that I actually have as the highest-ranked player on, on, on this list, and that's a guy that just recently re-signed with the team that really made him into a fantasy sensation at the end of the year last year, won many people championships. That's Jarek McKinnon with the Kansas with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think his price is going to rise a little bit just because people are going to remember how good he was at the end of the regular season last year for the Chiefs, how good he was at the fantasy playoffs. But there's a carved out role for him at Kansas City. And even with Isaiah Pacheco there, I really don't think the roles are going to change all that much. It doesn't impact Pacheco for me. It doesn't impact McKinnon for me. McKinnon is still going to be a top 50 running back in full point PPR. Don't love him, obviously, in non-PPR. But going 130th overall right now, I think it's a pretty decent value. And I have him right now as my RB47. And in my overalls, I have him – might have him a little bit lower in my overalls just because – um, yeah, he's at 127. So I'm pretty much in line with the current ADP right now. I think that's fine. Like if, you're, if you're taking a stab on him in 12-team leagues in round 10, round 11, I think that's fine. I, I think that's a worthwhile stab for a guy where 
is going to give you a pretty safe floor, five, four or five catches every game, and is a good bet, good bet to score. So I'm pretty good with with Jet McKinnon, but he's not one that I think is really in that sleeper category necessarily because I just don't know what his ceiling really is. Like I don't really see McKinnon being uh, an RB one at any point during the season, but can he be a steady flex option for teams if not a low end RB two? If Pacheco, God forbid, something were to happen to him, yeah, it's quite possible. Yep. All right. So I totally agree there. I like Pacheco a lot, to be honest with you. I do too. I do too. And this does not change that. Okay. So I would say that, um, hang on, let me see here. Breaking news, Aaron Judge named uh, AL player of the week. Thank oh, and, God, by, he's and, back. By, and by the way, isn't it funny how the Yankees just decide to turn the page and become good again now that Red Hicks is gone. <laughs> Next up, Josh Donald or no, Josh Donaldson's away from the team also. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Look what happens. Randall Cobb comes to New York and good things happen. I know, but great guy. I love him. Um, guy I'm going to give, I really think is due for a breakout season. And I, I don't understand why he's not being drafted in the top 100 right now. And that's Khalil Herbert of the Chicago bears. Hmm. Always very efficient. David Montgomery was holding him back. And all they really did was just go out there and get Deonta Foreman, who we kind of know what he, Deonta Foreman is, right? Like between the tackles, short yardage, he's not much of a pass catcher. It's not like they gave him, they gave him one year, three million bucks or something like that. It's not like they made a huge financial commitment to Deonta Foreman. This is clear Herbert shot right here. And this is a stock where the upside is very big and, you're not really drafting him that high. I mean, could you see a world where Khalil Herbert is a low to mid end RB two for your fantasy team? I think I could. I could see. I could see it with a low end RB one. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, he's always been very efficient. And some guys, they just need a year or two where you see those flashes. And now the opportunity will be there without David Montgomery. So, not really sure what what's going on with Khalil Herbert in that price. But at one hundred four, I'm interested. Uh, I'm very, very interested. So it's actually a perfect segue, and I'm very glad that you brought him up because the guy that I have as uh, as a potential sleeper here, I'm going with his teammate, guy they just drafted out of the University of Texas, Roshan Johnson. This is a guy that I've mentioned in the past. I love the fit for him, and he was, I think, overshadowed a little bit while at the University of Texas at Austin where you had B. John Robinson that was ahead of him in the depth chart. But Roshan Johnson was very, very, very capable. Limited tread in the tires, which a lot of teams now are really, really liking. By the way, before we uh, go into Roshan Johnson, did you hear the story about uh, Tajay Spears by any chance? With no ACLs? one ACL? Or one, I, I thought it was no ACLs, to be honest with you. Just one. Yeah. Well, also, just remember, Mike, Mike Vrabel is the head coach. We can't get too carried away with Tajay Spears because sure. we know Mike Vrabel. He hates fantasy. For all we know. <laughs> For, yeah, for, for all we know, they'll, they'll give Jeremy McNichols the work. Our good buddy, Jeremy McNichols. <laughs> yeah, but or, I like or that. Or maybe they'll there. bring I, back. I, maybe they'll bring back Darrington Evans. Well, they, they maybe they'll bring back Deonta Foreman if he if he doesn't make the roster for the. Ba- I just I'm okay. not interested. Like he's not at all interesting to me. Who Deonta uh, Foreman? Yeah, he's not. It's just like yeah, yeah. He's the third. He's the third guy for me. But I think out of all these guys, I. I I look at the same situation. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Look at Devin A. Chain in Miami. Pending that Dalvin Cook does not go there. 
which looks like that is the best spot for Dalvin Cook. And by the way, Jake, I know you're in the same boat as I am, and thank God for it. If Dalvin Cook goes to Miami, I am out on every single Miami Dolphin running back known to man. Correct? Yeah, like the plague. I'm I'm already out. I'm already out. I'd be even more out. Beautiful. But if that if that were to um happen, I don't know where the hell it was where the hell I was going with the whole with the whole uh, Dalvin Cook uh, Dalvin Cook comp. Oh, it was Devin A. Chain. Okay, now I know what I was saying. But Devin A. Chain would have a clear path to being the leading ball carrier for the Dolphins if there's no Dalvin Cook there. I think Roshan Johnson's in a very similar situation in Chicago, where like Devin A. Chain, you look at who he has to overtake. Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert right now. Who does Roshan Johnson have to overtake? He's got to overtake Deonta Foreman and Khalil Harbert. We don't know what the Bears coaching staff necessarily thinks about Khalil Herbert. Yes, it does say a lot that the Bears let David Montgomery walk to a division rival. That does speak volumes. However, they didn't draft Khalil Herbert. They just drafted Roshan Johnson. So is there a world where we see Roshan Johnson potentially eat into the Khalil Herbert work, if not completely overtake him? It's possible, definitely, and at 156th overall, I'm all over that. That's that's a freebie, especially in in keeper leagues and in startup dynasty leagues. If you're in startup dynasty, for for what it's worth, for all the startup dynasty players out there, if I could just find him in my startup ranks, I have Roshan Johnson at 97th overall. Yeah, I just think Herbert has been just so effective and efficient when he's gotten work, including last year. So, I, I don't know. I just think that, especially on a team that really needs to win, they don't have the luxury of rookies learning on the fly, if that sure. makes sense. So, they need to win this year, or else Matt Eberflus is out of a job. Can he can he survive another five or below win season this year? No, no. He'll be out. So, it, it'll be interesting. And will Justin Fields survive a, a five or below win season, too, this year? Oh, if they get the number one overall pick, it's very hard for me to to say that they would say, "Okay, we're going to ride with Justin Fields again." Yeah, like, especially with the guy that's coming out in in Caleb Williams. Like we we talk about how the Arizona Cardinals are the least talented team in the NFL. They have the Texans' first round pick next year and their own. Those could basically be two top five picks. They have about a 23, 24% chance of landing the number one overall pick. They would trade Kyler Murray to get their hands on Caleb Williams. Yes. So I, I, I agree there. So, with that being said, if the Cardinals would trade Kyler, who we know is a very, very good, if not elite quarterback in this league, to get Caleb Williams, the Bears would have no problem sending Justin Fields out to pasture for, for, for Caleb Williams. Agreed. Uh, so Jake, your next uh, running back sleeper. I'm going to go with Eli Mitchell. I mean, if, mm. if you, you're an injury away from being a very solid RB too. And, and Christian McCaffrey was healthy for every game last year. If I'm not mistaken, he was on the injury report here and there, but he didn't miss any time. Did he? No, he didn't miss any time. Towards the end of the season, he was on the he was on the injury report, uh, but he played in every game. 
But we know, and, and even so, I think Elijah Mitchell could have standalone value too. He's not completely useless on your bench. In a bind, I wouldn't hate it. We saw Kyle Shanahan giving him work, especially on the goal line. So a team that wants to run the football probably has to run the football to be efficient. I think Elijah Mitchell is a must-draft for a Christian McCaffrey fantasy manager for starters, but he does give you a little bit of standalone value where he might be a sneaky little flex option depending on a possible game script, bye week type fill-in guy. So I'm very intrigued and interested in Elijah Mitchell and the upside he's bringing this year. I love it. I love it. That was it's a great it's a great 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 call. And the ADP I think is really sleeping on this one. 144th overall on NFC. I have him at 121st overall for exactly the reasons that Jake said. I think if you look at all the handcuffs that are in the National Football League right now, this is the most valuable one. By I would say so. A million miles because it, uh, of bearing Alexander Madison. Yeah. Well, yes, but if if Dalvin Cook is out and Madison now is the RB one A in in Minnesota then then yes but elijah mitchell for right now yeah he's by far and away the most valuable he's the handcuff to the number one overall pick and on most people's boards he has standalone value by himself and i think i think it's pretty guaranteed right that especially early on when it when there's the question marks about who's going to be the quarterback for the 49ers but it's going to be sam darnold trey lance and then what happens when brock purdy is ready to go they're going to hand the ball off and they're going to get the running backs really incorporated early and often and I expect Elijah Mitchell to get his fair share of work. I'll probably get somewhere around 10, 12 touches a game at that point. And, and you know, Christian McCaffrey will still, will still be Christian McCaffrey. But Elijah Mitchell, something happens to Christian McCaffrey. Or Elijah Mitchell, we're talking now as a, as a top, minimum top 20 start every single week, if not top 15, given the offense that he's in in San Francisco. So, yeah, Jake, I, I absolutely love the shout uh, of Elijah Mitchell. He's, he's someone that I urge everybody – to go out and try and draft. And for the Christian McCaffrey uh, future managers out there, you need to do what you have to do to get Elijah Mitchell and make sure that you have that handcuff on lock. And honestly, honestly, I never say triple down, but a good idea could also be to try and draft Tyrion Davis price as well, just to really have that on lock until, until you know that Elijah Mitchell is the, number two guy and you know that trey sermon is on the market right now right i think or no somebody the eagles signed him yes of course of course you know you know where trey sermon won't be anywhere near any of my fantasy teams or kyle shanahan listen kyle kyle shanahan he just is on a he's on a different planet i love him though i love him though all right, the wide receivers. Um, I went first with the running backs. So, Jake, go ahead. You're your number one uh, wide receiver sleeper. I'm going down the rookie ranks, but it's not exactly the rookie that you're thinking of. Okay. I'm going to go with Jalen Hyatt of the New York Giants as a sleeper. He was sleeper. one that I considered. I mean, the opportunity for targets outside of Darren Waller, who – Let's just say he's not always available for the Raiders. For the record, I'm kind of out on Waller. I just, I don't know, man. The soft tissue injuries, it doesn't get better as you age. And for Josh McDaniels and the Raiders to move on from Darren Waller pretty easily after one year is kind of a red flag for a very minimal price as well. So 
I see Hyatt and a whole lot of opportunity. Daniel Jones is looking for a number one receiver in the worst way. I don't think it will be Isaiah Hodgins or Paris Campbell or any of these other guys they brought in. I think Hyatt is the most talented, and I wasn't a Hyatt guy coming out of the draft either. But of all the receivers that the Giants have this year, I think Hyatt is definitely the most talented one that they have, and the pathway to playing time is there, and there's plenty of targets to go around in that Giants offense. Yep. I, I think you nailed it pretty much on the head. Um, I'm loving the whole Jalen Hyatt situation right now. Uh, I'm admittedly, I'm pretty low on him. I have him just outside my top 200, um, but I'm definitely envisioning him moving up uh, quite significantly because of the reasons you just pointed out. There, there are the available targets in that Giants offense right now. And yes, Darren Waller is still going to be the primary number one go-to guy. But then outside of that, like Jake just, just had mentioned, there's no one else really. It's, you know, it's like Jake had, had mentioned, Isaiah Hodgins, um, uh, Darius Slayton. Uh, They're just not Harris exciting. Campbell, like, like, are those guys really moving the needle for the for the New York Giants? And And by the way, this is a guy that the Giants were considering drafting in the second round. They wanted to take him in round two. And when they decided to take John Michael Schmitz over him in round two. There's a great Twitter video that's out there of the whole process that went down in the Giants' war room when they took John Michael Schmitz and then traded up with the Rams to get Jalen Hyatt. So if anybody hasn't seen that, definitely go check that out because they, that was a guy that Brian Dable really, really slammed the desk for. He also... He also slammed the desk for Jordan Addison, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but Jalen Hyatt, absolutely, there is a clear pathway to immediate success year one. And even though Jake and I were not Jalen Hyatt guys uh, coming out of the draft, there is definitely a pathway for him to be very, very, very successful with the New York Giants in, in year one. And there's always that one rookie receiver every year. There is always one that manages to completely shatter is ADP. Jalen Hyatt is a really good chance of that. And of course, my guy, Jonathan Mingo, also has a great chance to to shatter that. But I did not put Jonathan Mingo down because I have been singing his praises now for, for like the last uh, almost month. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, my bad, bro. No, you're good. You're good. So uh, the receiver that I have, the first one that I have, these are these are deep cuts. I just want that to be put on the record. These are very, 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 very deep. But we're going to start with the one that I have here, the one that I am probably, I don't know if I'm the most excited about him because I do see an opportunity for him and he showed flashes of what he could do last year. That's Rashid Shahid of the New Orleans Saints, currently 189th overall in the current ADP charts. He just needs Michael Thomas to go down. That's it. Michael Thomas goes down. He gets immediate fantasy value. Now, with that being said, do I think that we're going to be in a situation where you're going to be starting Rashid Jaheed every single week? No, I don't. But do I think at the, at the end of the day, that Rashid Shahid is going to provide pretty consistent value if in the event Michael Thomas does go down as, let's say, on the super high end, we're talking a low-end wide receiver three 
in half PPR. I'm not sure if he gets that in full, but in half and non-PPR, can he get to that? Yes, he absolutely can, especially now with a consistent quarterback there. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I'm kind of digging Rashid Shahid at a basically free price right now. So why not take the stab on Rashid Shahid? Why not? I mean, it's bold. Um, opportunity is there. Uh, Jarvis Landry is not back with the Saints, right? He's still a free agent. He is still a free agent, correct. So there's definitely a pathway to playing time with the Saints. So I, I don't hate that at all. I do love Chris Olave a lot, but I do, too. I do, I do think there will be other targets for Derek Carr. We've seen him support more than one passing target before. I think that particularly in the slot. So I, it's deep, it's bold, but it's a sleeper for a reason, man. Agreed. So, Jake, your other wide receiver sleeper, please. I tried to go as deep as possible. Um, it's kind of a sleeper as well as a bold prediction. But how about Josh Palmer outproducing Quentin Johnston this year? I like it. I kind of like Josh Palmer. I do, too. I do too. I have him higher than most in my ranks. I have him at 166th overall. Jake, where is he in the ADP? Uh, so ADP, let's look here. I believe I think he was like 170. He's essentially free. 177. Yeah. I mean, look, he's essentially free at this point. That's nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. And a Justin Herbert offense. Uh yes, please. And for what it's worth, too, Josh. Justin Herbert also trusts Josh Palmer. Yeah, he had his moments last year, and I think he, he got hurt also. And that also yes, that kind did. of yeah. He you started to see the 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 potential with Josh Palmer. Yeah, and, then, and and that's when DeAndre Carter started to become a thing. I they're not gonna go away because they drafted a first round receiver. And Whitten Johnson is super raw. He's gonna have to grow into things. He's not the most po- polished route runner in the world. I think it's very possible that we just see Quentin Johnson as, you know, sort of a red shirt, sort of, you know, go out, learn your position, learn your body, learn your skill. And you still have the same band of guys that are there in Los Angeles that are going to produce. Now, Quentin Johnson, I'm sure, is going to have a week or two somewhere in there. And it's quite possible that I'm just dead wrong. Quentin Johnson is an immediate producer. But Josh Palmer at 177th overall, it's free. And if you're going out there and you're trying to get the fourth or fifth option for Justin Herbert in an offense led by Kellen Moore that is going to want to throw the ball. Yeah. I'm yeah. interested. I'm very interested in that. Yeah. yeah. I'm down. And, and also with the Chargers, stop me if you've heard this one before. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are dealing with soft tissue injuries and are questionable this week. Uh, yep yep i've i've heard i've heard that one a million times yep countless times and immediately josh palmer the second you get that notification bang josh palmer becomes very interesting and everyone in your league is trying to rush to the waiver wire to go pick up josh palmer all right so the other sleeper that i have in my ranks probably a more of a feel-good story but i think there's an immediate pathway for him to produce given the lack of targets that well, the abundance of targets, I should say that are now available uh, in his offense. And that's John Mechie with the Houston Texans. 
drafted him last year in the second round, was diagnosed with leukemia, missed the entire season. All signs are pointing towards he's going to be ready to go right away. Brandon Cook's no longer with the Houston Texans. New quarterback there in C.J. Stroud. There is an immediate pathway for someone to claim the spot to be the number one receiver for the Houston Texans. Nico Collins is that right now on the depth chart. It'll be interesting to see what new Texans head coach D'Amico Ryan decides to do in terms of how they bring him back up to speed. But all signs are pointing towards he's going to be ready for training camp. And if he's ready for training camp, I would expect, honestly, Jake, answer this question for me. Is there a player on the Houston Texans, maybe outside of Laramie Tunsil, Derek Stingley, C.J. Stroud, maybe, Damian Pierce, maybe. We'll say definitely Laramie Tunsil, Derek Stingley. Is there a player on the Houston Texans that you see that's going to sit out preseason? Robert Woods, maybe. Maybe. He's a little older. Maybe. Sure. I think John Mechie has an immediate pathway to targets in, in that offense. And and Robert Woods, he is what he is at this point. I'm really digging, and this just goes into a whole further conversation about you know wh- what I'm going to be targeting in drafts. The second-year wide receivers, I'm really digging, especially in the mid-rounds. But in the late rounds, you're taking a guy like John Mechie where he's free, number one. Number two, he's in line for immediate fantasy production. And he's a guy that, if given time to get on the field and able to show that he can still produce after all that he's gone through, and and God bless him for being able to get through that, and he's able to come out and, and produce, you're getting a guy that could easily outperform 210 in in the ADP. I have him at 196th overall. So a top we have two breaking news. Go ahead. Flexing for Thursday night football just passed. 24 to 8. Giants, Jets, Packers, Bears, Raiders, Detroit, Bengals, Pittsburgh voted against it to no avail. So we can now flex games onto Thursday night football in the National Football League. Yes. But but Player safety. But for us fans, it's a win. It is. It, it, for the fans, it it's is a win. win. And, you know, to the people that are bitching all the time about Russell Wilson being on Thursday Night Football and seeing us see garbage, it's a nice little, all right, we got a game Thursday night this week. We we may not have to avoid Thursday Night Football like the plague anymore. Agreed. And that's exactly it. I mean, there would be so many times, Jake, that I would be watching Thursday night, and I know at halftime, I'm like, all right, I can go to bed. I know I'm we, not missing much. We shouldn't have to say that. We should be saying to ourselves, Correct. huh, we should be saying like, you know, shit, we got a game. Like Thursday night football, like we're starting off the week hot, you know? Yes. It's not exactly like us laughing. Right. It's not like us laughing. Like, oh, yay, we got this game to watch tonight. And, and we can do that for Monday night now too, so. Right, right. It's a win. It's a win for the fans. And, not, and who, yeah. who are the teams that voted against that again? I'm sorry. Uh, it was Jets, Jet, uh, Jets, Giants, Packers, Bears, Raiders, Detroit, Bengals, Pittsburgh. They should all be ashamed of themselves. I mean, it's a win for the fans. I don't know. It is. It is. You, you, no fan should be unhappy about that. And also with these flexing games, we don't waste Buck Al Michaels on garbage product. 
And we get an extra game of Joe Buck this year as well. Uh, he'll, yes, we him do. And Troy Aikman will be doing a divisional round. They should be doing all three rounds. Agreed, because they, they they're the best. They they're the. I think Iron Eagle is my favorite. But yep, yep, good shout. But out of we, out of the prime time guys, it's, yes, it's. I don't even like for Jim Nance honestly. I think Jim Nance should be calling golf at Augusta, and that's you know, I, I for football I don't like him and Tony. I'm just I'm not I'm not I'm just I'm, no. And he's done. And he's done with uh, college basketball. He's done. So he's slowly fading out of it all. He's getting the, older. Very slowly, and they have uh, now who's leading the March Madness coverage. The A team now for uh, for the NCAA tournament is Iron Eagle. So you know is, he's ready. Which is, I love that. Yeah, but after that, bro, we need we, it should be Iron Eagle, Buck, uh, Al Michaels, and the fourth guy. I I actually don't hate Kevin Burkhardt. I think he's okay. Him and Greg Olson, they do a good job. Yeah, they're good. They're good. I th- I think Greg Olson has been thrown under the bus a lot because of the whole Tom Brady thing. And I mean, Greg Olson can, can, can hold his own. Listen, I, I am, I just don't want to have any situation where I have to listen to Mike Tirico as much no, as I he's, already he's do. Terrible, terrible. He's, they need to do something about that on Sunday night. And there's no chemistry there between him and, and, and Collinsworth. It's just so forced. It's awkward. You know, Chris wants to go to Amazon to be with Al Michaels again. Yes. What? One, 1,000%. One thousand percent. Yeah, but all right, tight end sleepers. Yep, tight ends, tight ends. So uh, I'll go first with this one. Uh, a guy again, uh, looking at guys that have pathways to immediate production in fantasy. A rookie tight end. We don't see these guys pan out very often, but I think this is one where we could be looking back at the end of the season and saying to ourselves, "My God, how do we let him get to basically free territory?" Hundred and ninety third overall. In the ADP, I am at 161st overall in my ranks, and that's Sam Laporta with the Detroit Lions. Very simple. They drafted him in the second round for a reason. They could have taken Michael Mayer. They didn't. They drafted Sam Laporta over Michael Mayer in round two. He's going to produce it. He was very, very good at the University of Iowa. Slept on a little bit as a prospect, but I think that was just because he didn't show that all-around explosiveness that Dalton Kincaid did and that all-around maturity as a football player that Michael Mayer did, but there's no doubt the raw intangibles are there with Sam Laporta, and you stick him in an offense now with Jared Goff and the uh, band of characters they have up in, up in Detroit, you know, with what the hell they're going to do with the running back situation. God only knows. Amon Ross St. Brown, my son, great guy. Sam Laporta immediately has substantial fantasy interest from me because he could very easily be outside of the running backs, which we don't know how that's going to split. Probably Gibbs will be the Swift and Montgomery will be the Jamal Williams. But there is a pathway for him to be the number three option for Jared Goff in the passing game. I like that shout a whole heck of a lot. I'm I'm going to stick with just a dynamic offense and a guy who we have been calling for. Uh, the breakout injuries have derailed that. But I'm going to go with Irv Smith Jr. on sure. the Cincinnati Bengals. Hayden Hurst is gone. Uh, I see a lot of potential and opportunity for Irv Smith. He's on a one-year prove-it deal. Hopefully he can stay healthy. And anybody catching passes from old Joe Blue Eyes and not much competition. Uh, as There's Devin Asiasi, or the hell his name is, uh, coming over from New England. Why not Irv Smith for free? You, you, you could do worse as your, you know, target right there. Yeah. So 
I'm I'm interested in Irv Smith. Why not, right? Yeah. Why the hell not? I have him at 244th overall. That's free. It's free. It's free money that you're going out and you're hoping that, say Irv Smith is a top 20 tight end. Okay. Solid ROI right there. He's a top 15 tight end. Great ROI, return on investment. He's a top 12 tight end that you're taking at 200 plus overall. Free. In 10-team leagues, he probably won't be drafted. Like, what are we doing? And Hayden Hurst had had some moments last year. He was startable. Yeah, absolutely. I I streamed Hayden Hurst on multiple occasions last year. Yeah. Multiple. He, the, the issue is, and, and it's kind of like a lot of other tight ends in this range, he needs to score. But guess what? The Bengals yeah. score a heck of a whole lot. Listen, we're we're talking about the the tight ends that are in his range. I'll just pull up my tight my tight end ranks for a minute. The guys that I have around him: Michael Mayer, a rookie in Las Vegas; Hunter Henry with the Patriots; Taysom Hill with the Saints; Jelani Woods with the Colts; Isaiah Likely with the Ravens. He's on the best offense in that range, and it's not even close. Yeah. So like, I like him. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and again, it's all about price point. And this is what Adam and I go toe to toe on constantly is you may not love a guy. You may not love his situation. You may be down on said guy. But if the guy is costing you nothing, you take him. Like Jake, Jake, let me ask you, let me ask you a question. And this is more draft philosophy, right? When you're at a draft and you know that it's time to take some shots, what round do you start kind of saying to yourself, all right, I'm gonna start throwing some darts right now and seeing seeing if one of those darts is going to be a bullseye when when is that round for you i like if there is a round it's, it's a very complex question like 14 maybe like okay. to the end of the draft not like that i would say that's when i would start like second or two i'm not going to draft a tight end too i would like the extra running back handcuff potentially or like rookie that's going undrafted for free than a tight end too. Like Irv Smith Jr. should not be getting picked, I would think, in 12 team leagues before the like second to last round of your draft. So we have some breaking news from the Chargers before we get to that in a minute. Um Brandon Staley says a trade for Austin a trade of Austin Eckler is unlikely. So Jake, does that yeah. does that buy you uh right back into Austin Eckler? Um, I like him. Uh, yeah. Would you draft him fifth overall in full? No. Would you draft him seventh overall? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seven. Seven. I'm in. So sixth is like the cutoff for you? Yeah. I would. I, I just, you know, I, I would rather have just spitballing here. I'd rather have Justin Jefferson. I would, yep. ra- I would rather have Christian McCaffrey. What about Jamar Chase? I don't think I have the stones to do that. Jamar Chase, I'd rather have. Okay. Um, what, about, what about Travis Kelsey? 
I think I'd go Eckler. Okay. I think I'd go Eckler. Honestly, I don't know what the whole Jonathan Taylor hate is all about. Um, I'm not ready to run away from Jonathan Taylor. I, not I, yet. Not yet. Um, I would go. Hmm, let me think here. Derrick Henry. No. Hang on. Let me pull up the list here. You go. You go. Eckler over Henry. Yes, Steph. Okay. Eckler ahead of Henry. Uh, Saquon uh, Barkley. Close. You know what? Actually, I think I would take Eckler. I'm looking at the names here. I would rather have Jefferson, McCaffrey, Jamar Chase. I I, I think I'm willing to give Cooper Cup another chance. I agree. I think so. As long as Stafford is healthy, we need to remember what Cooper Cup was still doing last year. Yeah, I don't think you'll be able to do it in a 12-team league, but in a 10-team league where you're at the turn, if you're very committed to zero RB and you could start with, like, Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup or Stefan Diggs and Cooper Cup, I mean, holy Moses. Yeah, you're, you're really – you're, yeah. you're, you're, sit, you're sitting real pretty. Um, But going back to, like, where you're taking your, your, your dart throws, I'm kind of looking at that in round 11. That's kind of where I, I start kind of looking to take my shots. But I'm not reaching on my board. I, I'm looking at guys to have significant upside. And I'm trying to say to myself, okay, is there a guy here that is within range? Because at round 11, you're still trying to fill out your roster. You're not trying to leave yourself too thin with dart throws. But if there's a guy within range that you really, really like and think can outperform the ADP that you're taking him at – say 110 120 overall depending on what what kind of league you're in then you start taking that shot there um and that's where that's where you know Irv Smith that's a dart throw at 200 at 200 plus overall for me like that's nothing like you you go and you take that shot and if it doesn't work and he's you know not doing anything in 2 3 weeks you drop him. him. You drop yeah. him, and you go pick, and you go pick somebody else up. And this is the conversation that I have with Adam all the time because I feel like the the guys that he drafts, he becomes so emotionally invested in, and it's like you have to know when to when to cut loose, and you have yeah. you, you have to know when a guy is just not working out, and even if it's a guy in round thirteen, like if it's not working. He's not performing. You just go cut him, and you find someone that's going to go and improve your team. But guess what? A guy in round thirteen. Odds are it's not going to help your team anyway. He'll likely be off of your roster anyway before week two or three. Exactly. Very rarely do you have guys in the, the double-digit rounds that are just booming successes. And no. if they are, then guess what? You're get, getting into the playoffs immediately, and you're contending for a championship because you found that guy so late on that is going to be an immediate contributor for you. Yeah. So that's going to be it for this very long edition of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review. Adam and I are going to be back later this week. We have two episodes for you uh, later this week. We are going to be doing a Basin Talk Podcast where we'll be talking about the NHL playoffs. We'll be talking about the NBA. We'll be talking about some soccer as well with Man City winning the uh, Premier League. And, of course, Man City in the Champions League final with the summer transfer window. Around the corner, we'll be having some discussions on that. And then Adam and I will have another Basement Talk Podcast fans show for you at the end of the week. So definitely stay tuned for that. For Jake Simone, I am Bird. Thank you so much for listening to the Basement Talk Podcast fans show, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.